I'm Hillary. I'm Emily. And we're the Sirens. Today we're talking about the movie Royal Wedding, which is a 1951 musical comedy directed by Stanley Donan, of whom we've watched many a film. It stars Fred Astaire, Jane Powell, Sarah Churchill, Keenan Wynn, and Peter Lawford. It's set in 1947 uh, in London um, and New York at the time of the wedding of Princess Elizabeth and Philip Mountbatten. Um, And it follows an American brother-sister song and dance duo, Tom and Ellen Bowen, who, while they're performing in London at the time of the wedding, each fall in love. He with a female dancer that they've auditioned for the show, and she with an impoverished but well-connected nobleman named Lord John Brindle. Romance, iconic dancing, and hijinks on both sides of the the Atlantic, as well as on the Atlantic itself, (laughs) ensue. That's a good point that uh, the hijinks <laughs> extends beyond Britain. <laughs> There's just so many, so much dancing and hijinks. Yeah, that was a good summary of, you know, what in some ways is a very silly movie. It's a very silly movie. But I do have <laughs> to say, without getting too much into it, this is one of those I like, I maybe have enjoyed this most of all the random Fred Astaire movies that we have watched. The, like the dancing felt less random just because the of the brother sister song and dance like you know like that dancing is part of their actual job but i guess that's true of most of the people i don't know we'll have to go back and audit the movies of fred astaire yeah often is he actually playing a dancer i mean i i have to agree with you too that i despite you know having some issues with this movie i found it very atmospheric and Mm -hmm. i enjoyed it so (laughs) what issues could you possibly have with this movie uh we'll get into it (laughs) (laughs) before we get too far into it i do have a few pieces of trivia one of which i think relates to the person that you're bioing which is that fred astaire's love interest is played by sarah churchill who is winston churchill's daughter didn't know that his daughter was an actress before watching this movie in an interview given shortly after this film was released fred astaire revealed that he had tried dancing with more than 30 commercially available hat racks before the (laughs) studio had the prop department design and build the one that ultimately is in the the film that he dances with on the on the ship the cost of that prop Cost at the time $900, which is more than $9,000 in today's money. Um, wow. And the hat rack disappeared shortly after the film. Okay, well, that makes more sense. I mean, one of the things I thought was really cool about this film was the way they did the effects. Mm-hmm. And when he was doing that dance, I was like, how are they doing this without wires or something like that? Mm-hmm. But I guess they designed it so that it would kind of like bounce back up yeah and and stuff that that was a very cool scene yeah it was really neat to like watch the mechanics of that the day of the wedding there are a lot of union jack so they're called union flags british flags i don't know you, there are a lot union of- jack is right okay so <laughs> many of the flags in the street are hung upside down accidentally and then was there was this real footage from the wedding <laughs> procession in this oh i don't know that's a really good question because some of it seemed like it had to be real footage right just like i was like there's no way they could have filmed this scene 
but I don't know. I Maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, that makes logical sense. So this movie it has one of um, Fred Astaire's most famous dance numbers, which I know about it partly as a uh, elder millennial because um, Kermit the Frog then paid homage to it in Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the song, in the song, You're All the World to Me, he um, he dances on the ceiling and the wall, or it appears to be the ceiling and the wall. And the way that it was filmed was by building a set of the room inside a revolving barrel and mounting the camera and its operator to an ironing board that could be what? rotated along with the room. That was another scene where I was like, how did they do this? Yeah. They like <laughs> so rotated that's really it. Cool. Yeah. it ap- they did it and edited it then in such a way that it appears to be one long continuous take. But there are three or possibly four very subtle cuts in the scene as he had to like wait until the set completely turned. Wow. Yeah, that... That whole thing I thought was incredible. It, it also made me realize, do you, when we were younger, do you remember there was um, a music video for Jamiroquai's Virtual Insanity? No. This might, okay. <laughs> but it was it won like music video of the year or something when we were like maybe in high school. But anyway, it made me realize that that whole music video is just a ripoff of this because it's just like Jamiroquai in a room. Mm-hmm. And then, like, floating up to the ceiling and, like, being on all the walls. And none of that. I was watching this and I was like, Fred Astaire. He, he got this from Fred Astaire. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Lionel Richie song, Dancing on the Ceiling, that the, the video itself actually, like, features Lionel Richie doing the same room dance. So, yeah. Wow. Jamiroquai, uh, Lionel Richie, Kermit the Frog. Everybody wants to be mm. Fred Astaire. Everything is derivative. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Any other trivia? The the song Open Your Eyes is um, performed by Jane Powell and Fred Astaire in front of an audience in the ballroom of the, the boat, the ship that they're on crossing the Atlantic. Like in the middle of it, a storm rocks the boat and they like, it becomes a comic routine with them like sliding all around the dance floor. And that actually is based on a real live incident, which happened to Fred and his sister Adele um, when they were traveling by ship to London in 1923, which was like, oh, wow. Time frankly <laughs> yeah i thought that scene was actually very funny yeah like i mean that was another thing about this movie that there were several times that i actually laughed out loud yeah. watching this movie and and that was one of the i just liked how they they were such professionals that they just kept going anyway yeah <laughs> like anyone else would just be like okay you know clearly we're stopping now <laughs> because this is yeah. happening but they were like nope we're gonna keep doing it yeah, I like I had some questions about like the the ship's crew. Like, at what point do they like? At what point does the the rocking get so bad that they're like everybody needs to go back to their rooms for their safety? Yeah, that's true. I mean, when they showed that exterior shot of the boat and like giant waves were like crashing against it, I was like, should everyone just be chilling in the ballroom? Like, shouldn't yeah. people get to a more stable spot in the ship? Yeah, or maybe the ballroom is like actually in the middle of the ship and they're all drinking alcohol. So they're like, they're chill. <laughs> yeah, either way, I was like, I would not just be like sitting here like, la di da, here I am watching this dance performance. Yeah, I'd be while looking for, a, for Cabin Boy to explain to me whether or not we were going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So this was supposed to be an, a pairing between Fred Astaire and June Allison, but she had to leave the project early on because she found out she was pregnant. And then Judy Garland was going to be her replacement, but she like called in sick a bunch and failed to appear for costume fittings. So MGM fired her and Jane Powell took her place um, in the role of Ellen Bowen. And then actually towards the end of filming, Jane Powell found out that she was pregnant. I thought she was great. Mm -hmm. Like, and honestly, I could not, I can't really imagine Judy Garland doing that role. No. Like, I, they have different energy. Yeah, very different, very different energy. So the last piece of trivia is that Fred, that I have, is that Fred Astaire, the whole time that I was watching this movie, I was like, what is the age difference between uh, basically Fred Astaire and all the other people in this movie? Because he's so freaking old. And um, he is basically 30 years older than Jane Powell. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he actually, <laughs> instead of being his his brother or her brother he she could be her father well maybe that explains some of the paternalism <laughs> in the movie that's funny that you say that because i think i'm so used to him like being so much older yeah than everybody all the time than everyone that i didn't even notice it in this movie like it was much less noticeable in this than funny like face? funny face yeah <laughs> funny face was like extreme <laughs> like he looked like he could be like AARP in that movie. <laughs> well, I mean, so you mentioned that the that was a real incident with Fred Astaire and his sister. And I just thought it was funny watching this movie because there seemed to be parallels with Fred Astaire's actual life. Like yeah. his whole you know early career was him and his sister in a double act. Mm-hmm. And then their act split up when okay. she married a British lord. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is like basically the plot of this movie. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Although the one thing that I thought was a little bit different was that in real life, his sister Adele was actually kind of the more dominant like she was more like the main person in the act originally and he was more like a supporting person yeah but in this i don't know if that was necessarily true mm-hmm. um, yeah, i don't think that was true here yeah i almost bioed jane powell because she was great yeah and she was great as i was watching i was like i, I know that i know her but how do i know her and then when i looked her up and she was in seven brides for seven brothers oh. and i was like oh and that is her real singing voice too yeah in this movie which was great but anyway sometime when we want to do a movie that is just like lots to talk about but like atrocious we should do seven brides for seven <laughs> brothers <laughs> which like high schools are still performing by the way anyhow it's so classic emily it doesn't matter oh if it's problematic it's classic <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so instead of bioing her, I bioed Sarah Churchill because I, like you, was very surprised to learn that one of Winston Churchill's daughters was an actress. Yeah. Um, so Sarah Churchill was born in London in 1914, the second daughter of politician and future prime minister Winston Churchill, 
She was the third of the couple's five children and named after her, her father's ancestor, Sarah Churchill, Duchess of Marlborough. She was educated at Notting Hill High School as a day girl and later at North Foreland Lodge as a boarder. And during the Second World War, she joined the Women's Auxiliary Air Force where she worked in photo reconnaissance, which I thought was cool. What? Yeah. And apparently there's a lot of like history books or like accounts of the war in which she's mentioned as someone who had really good skill at interpreting photographs of like enemy territory and stuff. What? That's just like sort of ancillary, like, oh yes, and Sarah Churchill did this thing. (laughs) So I thought that was very interesting. Uh, In 1936, she angered her parents by marrying without their permission. Sure. And her new husband was Vic Oliver, a well-known actor and comedian, and he was the first of three husbands. And then, I don't know, it's unclear if, like, it was his influence or she already was interested in acting, but in the 1930s, she became a professional actress herself and started appearing in films. Her first known role was a bit part in the comedy Who's Your Lady Friend in 1937, a farce dealing with misunderstandings concerning the real identity of a medical patient. And she's best known for this role in Royal Wedding as Anne Ashmond. In the same year, she had her own television show she also appeared in he found a star in 1941 spring meeting the same year all over the town in 1949 fabian of the yard in 54 and serious charge in 1959 and she continued to appear on television and stage throughout the 50s and 60s Uh, she was also an artist and created lithographic prints and in the 1950s I know. She seems like she had a pretty cool, interesting life. Um, what happens she, when you're uh, the daughter of Winston Churchill? Yeah, <laughs> and I guess have all like, creative pursuit. you know, access to whoever you want to have access to, plus money. Amazing. In the 1950s, she produced several prints featuring Malibu, California, and later in the 70s, she commercially published a collaborative series of portraits of her father titled A Visual Philosophy of Sir Winston Churchill. Sarah struggled with alcoholism. By the time she was in a London revival of Pygmalion in the 50s, her drinking had become a problem. And she was arrested for making a scene in the street on a number of occasions and even spent a short spell on remand in Holloway Prison, which is the largest women's prison in Britain. Uh, And she wrote about her addiction in her 1981 autobiography, Keep On Dancing. And from what I read, it seemed like her alcoholism is really why her acting career declined, because she was seen as like unreliable and drawing negative publicity to things. Mm -hmm. Uh, She died on September 24th, 1982, at the age of 67, and she's buried with her parents and three of her siblings at St. Martin's Church, Bladden, near Woodstock, Oxfordshire. Hmm. Uh, What did you think of her in this movie? I was interested in her because I'd never seen her before, and then, like, as I was watching it, I was like, who is this person? And so I was, like, curious about her, knowing that she was Winston Churchill's daughter, but, like, to be honest, her acting, I was like, okay, fine. She seemed kind of like airy and blasé. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's a really great way to describe her. And I don't know if that was how the character was supposed to be or if that was just her acting because I have nothing to compare it to. 
in the case of both of the romances in this movie they really did not do a good job of like developing the emotional aspect (laughs) i was like how why do they love each other where is this coming from like all of a sudden they can't stand to live without each other and it it all seemed to be based on nothing yeah it was very like fly by night like oh i've seen you like in in the case of ellen she like sees the lord twice and like he's doing the same thing she's doing which is like saying goodbye to multiple you know lovers to get on this boat and then like they run into each other again on the boat and then he like follows her into like write a letter and and then that's it that's just like how it goes and it's yeah like, I they, like their attraction is based on or the way that they notice each other is based on the fact that they're both leading on multiple people which like is that a good basis for a relationship i don't know oh no i think the last thing that one of the last notes that i wrote for this movie was these marriages are doomed (laughs) because (laughs) especially in the case of well i just kind of thought like don't marry this philandering lord who says like oh i love you so much that i've turned over a new leaf no That yeah. is a lie. That is a and, lie. In the history of all men ever, that was always going to be a lie. And then don't give up your like wonderful international career and glamorous lifestyle. To, right. Because to, she really like, doesn't want to. That's really like, I mean, philandering husbands aside, like she could go into that relationship like eyes wide open, but like, you know, knowing from his history that like that's likely, but like don't. Like, she clearly likes to dance with her brother and is clearly sad about not doing it anymore and doesn't want him to continue to dance without her. And to me, that's the, like, the biggest Oh, yeah. That whole conversation was Mm -hmm. awful where Tom was like, well, if you marry him, like, he's going to want you to stay at home and you're going to have to do that. And she doesn't even, like, put up any argument. She's just like, yeah... Yeah. I guess I will have to stay at home. (laughs) Like, there's no other option. There's no other option. I mean, we know from all the people that we've bioed for these movies that there were a lot of people who were entertainers and like traveling entertainers who had families mm-hmm. and like just brought their kids with them. Was it a particularly nice lifestyle for kids? Often not, but no. people did it. Right. And and yet we also know that like when they stopped doing that, it was the women who stopped doing it. They stopped acting. And it still is the case that it's often the like the women who have to stop their professional lives in order to take care of kids for a variety of reasons. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, what everyone considers one of the greatest romances of all time, Bogey and Bacall. Mm hmm. He told her, like, once we get married, I want you to stay home, basically. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox, but that was that. How all dare to you say, believe that women should have professional lives? How dare you? All that was to say that, like, I thought the some of the weakest parts of the movie were actually the romances. Like, I didn't see it. I there was more chemistry with Ellen and her lord, but mm. there really was no chemistry with Tom and Anne that I could see. Well, and it was creepy, I thought, that, like, they encounter each other in the street, Mm -hmm. and then she thinks that he's following her, and then, which it just turns out that they're just, they just happen to be going in the same, to the same theater, to the same place, because she's auditioning for his show, 
And then he's he like rearranges the audition so that she can go first. And then he's like, well, you know, I want to like I'm interested in her. So, yes, cast her and I'm like again, like it doesn't matter what her professional like pers- like interests are, or how good she is, like or whether she's like prepared for this. Like I want to I want her in the show. I did think that that was creepy. And I think I wrote sexual harassment much. <laughs> <laughs> but oh in both both of the those relationships like i mean this is just like an old school style of pursuit i guess that like Mm -hmm. is just totally unacceptable today that you would just basically like follow and bother someone and like coerce them into going out with you and then they'd Mm -hmm. be like oh actually i am in love with you like what (laughs) i mean in this case i thought it was you know just it was clearly like a power thing in that situation that he he jumps up on the stage and is like, and you're having dinner with me tonight. Like, it's not even a question. He's just like, you're cast and you're having dinner with me tonight. Yeah. And I was just like, you Sexual know. harassment much. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, we're in a post Me Too world. And like, it felt very like Harvey Weinstein. Not so like. <laughs> well, I mean, for Harvey Weinstein, but I think like that's just. Harvey Weinstein is like the worst of the worst in our modern times. And yeah, I mean, it's always been the case, but it's, it is interesting, like watching some of these older films and seeing how men and women interacted in professional settings. Yeah. I mean, it was funny to like that we mentioned funny face earlier and I'm like, I'm finding myself like thinking back to like those interactions, you know, between Audrey Hepburn and Fred Astaire, like equally sort of, very problematic yeah that's true but it just seems odd that i wondered about the whole situation with Anne and tom because she seems very put off by him on the street yes and then he's just like i'm taking you out like as a command and then she's like oh actually i am into you like so which one like was she actually made uncomfortable by him like i feel like that kind of As a woman, like, if someone gives me the creeps, that doesn't flip very easily. Yeah, although I wonder if, like, I know that as a woman, like, I have often put up, like, a pretty solid guard, like, on the sidewalk in the street, because I'm like, do not, like, no man on the street better talk to me. And if they do, (laughs) they're getting shut down immediately. And so I wonder if like, it's sort of a, there's like, we've seen, we we see two different versions of her guard, basically, where she's like, basically like, oh, we're on the street, like, do not, like, I'm not, I'm shutting this down. And then once she realizes that like, there's a professional role, like, I I wonder, and I'm totally reading that into this, like, I wonder if partly why she's like, okay, sure, yeah, is that she knows that she gets the, got the role because he's interested in her. And so she's, yeah. like, going to, like, get the job, which also sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I do think that has always kind of been a big part of show business, that it's like, you know, if you attract the attention of yeah. the the person in charge even if it's in like a romantic or sexual way it's still advantageous to you yeah nothing good. but anyhow <laughs> i also wrote in my notes i am not charmed by this lord because <laughs> <laughs> i did not find him appealing <laughs> 
I didn't get that. I, I kept thinking like, Ellen, you could do so much better. And and he admits that like, they don't have the money to keep up their estate anymore. And I was like, what are you getting yourself into, Ellen? Yeah. Why are you doing this? I did want to comment that, you know, I said I found the movie to be atmospheric. And like, one of the things I really, really loved about this movie was the costumes. And oh, yeah. I was not expecting to, but uh, like almost every outfit mm-hmm. I loved and not just on Ellen, but also on Tom, like Tom had some yes. really great outfits too. And I well, just and kept running point, down. Like yeah. I would wear this, I would wear this. <laughs> well, I forget. I think it was in the scene where he's dancing with the, um with the hat rack. I, I was like, you know, where he has his like jacket off and he's like got the like those class that classic cut of pants just like up way up at his like natural waist. I was like, I, you may be, you know, 57 years old right now, but like you're uh looking pretty dapper. <laughs> oh yeah. He the the chambray shirt and the red bandana and mm-hmm. the like red socks. I was so just cute. like 10 out of 10. <laughs> like yeah. No we'll notes. copy this outfit. Yeah, the clothes in this movie were, were yeah, 10 out of 10. <laughs> so many of um, Ellen's were just really beautiful. Like, the, mm-hmm. she had that beautiful yellow on. So a lot of people mm-hmm. wore yellow, and it looked mm-hmm. great. And mm-hmm. then, like, to the royal wedding parade or whatever you'd call it she wore that red suit which looked great and Mm -hmm. there were a lot of like ball gowns it made travel look very glamorous on that boat where they were like oh we're changing for dinner and they stayed in these fabulous like hotel suites and where they would like breakfast and someone would bring them the newspaper and then they'd be like oh i'll take that call in my rooms yeah these people have never traveled with toddlers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a whole different ball game <laughs> yeah i mean that was another reason that i was like why would you ever give up this lifestyle it seems great it seems like it's working just fine for you right so far the worst part is like the rolling waves on the ocean which like apparently nobody's yeah. concerned about so you know why give it up <laughs> i did think in this movie like it made me realize that fred astaire where like as much as he's supposed to be such a likable person and that's kind of his reputation the characters he plays are often like somewhat sleazy <laughs> like have you noticed that i don't know that i've noticed that's that, that that's like uh unique to him because i feel like that's just like the like that's just the vibe of a lot of like I mean, like Gene Kelly and I was just thinking of another example and it just went straight out of my head. But I th- I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't know if like I just see them as sleazy because I know that like Gene Kelly and, you know, Fred Astaire and whoever else I was thinking of that went out of my head. I just know that they're like 50 year old guys dancing with like 19 year old girls. And so like, I'm just like, that's sleazy. Well, that, yeah, that is true with the age differences. Well, I just, it's just funny that like, if you asked me to describe like Fred Astaire, I would be like, oh, he's this like affable guy, like wonderful dancer, but sort of like the everyman, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's not like the best looking guy in the world. He's, famous because of his dancing yeah and but every like i don't know was was it in swing time like what was one of the other movies we watched with him where he was like a gambler 
Oh, yeah. And the, it just seems like that is very often the case. Like, he's some kind of shyster <laughs> or yeah. something. Always. And in this, he was he was more above board in this movie, but he was still very, like, leading on different people. Oh, also, Hill, can we talk about the fact that I don't know what streaming service you watched this on, but it was rated TV 13 plus. Did what? you notice that? No. For violence and sexual content. What? And Wait, I was what like, violence was in this movie? So the violence I'm assuming is like the oh. people beating each other up over Ellen in, in oh, right, like in the, the most beginning. comical, like staged. Right. When they like punches. so much so that the men are they they're just like, oh, we're ignoring this. This is ridiculous. But then so we have to talk about this because the only thing I could think of is that there were sort of different references to like trying to get people to like come up to their houses. Mm-hmm. But then in that song, the, that horrible Hades song, oh, that, yeah, you know, the, the one I'm talking Hades, about. Horrible for, in so many ways, yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, as I was listening to that song, I was like, it sounds like, okay, I don't know. I might have read too much into it. But some of the lyrics made it sound like they were saying some, like, pretty sexually explicit things. If I you... left my hat in Haiti. I mean, like, it like it seemed like a metaphor for, mm-hmm. Yeah, and something. then he kept saying like Half. over and over again, like she she always has you coming, or like you're I'm coming, and like <laughs> did you notice that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like mind in the gutter, but I was because like if you looked at the I don't know that whole song, just I, that was the only thing I could think of. I was like, what is the sexual content yeah. in this movie? There is nothing. I'm trying to I look curious. up the lyrics. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm looking up the lyrics. Oh man. I she just took wrote... my hat. She took my hat politely and wound her arms around me tightly, but I remember nothing clearly, clearly except the flame when she come, came near me. I mean, if that's you go not to Haiti, explicit. there's a girl I know in Haiti. If you find her, you'll you'll adore her. Just look around till you found someone who has a blue gray, gray fedora. Wow. Yeah, that... <laughs> I, Spicy. I <laughs> Uh, yeah i was surprised because i was like you know most tv like if it's like tv 14 it's usually fairly graphic but then i don't know so i was i just was curious about that maybe i should do some digging on my own time to be like why is this rated this way (laughs) funny with like older shows i mean sometimes that they'll just get like automatically Mm-hmm. like a higher rating because people are like smoking in it or something so mm-hmm. it could be something like that um oh by the way hill uh once again i watched like the first half of this with leo uh-huh and he was actually into it like well he i'm liked not surprised because i feel like there's like one dance number after another yeah that's true i actually felt like i wish there had been like another dance kind of at the towards the very end Mm -hmm. because it seemed much more packed with dance on like the front like first two thirds and then the final third there was like no dance yeah i mean this the way that this difference from differs from like from other movies we've seen is that like it's not like there's like a 15 minute dance sequence at the end that has nothing to do with the plot no (laughs) i'm not saying that there is like like solid plot resolution at the end because like in the last five minutes they're like at the wedding in the streets with thousands of other people and they're like oh we actually we want to we're we wish that we were getting married right now too and then like magically they um are able to connect with their beloved people (laughs) despite the crowds 
so and and get a marriage license and find a minister what did you think speaking of getting the the like marriage license and finding the minister what did you think about keenan wins dual role as twin brothers but one of them is american and the other one is british um i hated it (laughs) that's my answer i mean that was like the one thing in the movie that i found very irritating and it felt like it felt like in a sitcom when there's a bit that's not good and instead of just cutting the bit they're like maybe we just need to do it a few more times right and then it wasn't funny the first six times so please stop doing it it didn't make any sense (laughs) which (laughs) i will not belabor because like i guess that's why it was supposed to be funny but it just it just didn't do it that was not one of the parts that i laughed at let me put it that way no well and like as a twin i will say like like everything about this is just wrong the only way it would have made sense is if no i'm trying to think of a way that it could make sense no there was no way it would make sense the reason you yeah. can't think of a reason why it would make sense is because there is no reason why it would well what sense. if it was like the parent trap and they were separated as children but it would still be no but it would still be like the same actor playing two different characters that are supposed to be twins like twins are not the same person you could oh yeah that is very annoying that they do that they did not do that in the social network but the thing about twins is that like most of the time like even identical twins are not actually identical like 100 percent identical they just look close enough alike that people are like i can't work on this i can't figure it out too much brain power and so like for casting you could just like you said just like hire two people who look like essentially the same yeah and then just kind of like style them similarly so did you also dislike that whole bit yeah okay (laughs) so we're in agreement i think it would have been even funnier if it was actually two different actors you know if they had like flipped it and they were two different actors but they were like exactly the same in other ways or whatever whatever that movie is with danny devito and oh twins yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes the very one (laughs) i also thought so speaking of uh people who are related siblings um did you think it was weird that they were a brother and sister act and they were like billed as a brother and sister to act but they did a lot of like romantic skits oh i i thought that was so weird (laughs) yeah i thought so too like the opening number I was like, what is that? So he's supposed to be a prince and like, she's the maid every night at seven. She comes in like, what is, what is the, what are they talking about? What is happening? Yeah. And then they had that whole uh, New Yorker number too, that they were like making fun of trashy New Yorkers, which part of me was like, why would this be like a bit that you would do in London? But then I was like, oh, yeah, British people love laughing at Americans. So probably this would kill in London. Yeah. Yeah. But it was Um, problematic on several levels. Yeah, I thought so. For sure. I mean, it was just weird that like the sign outside of the theater was like brother, sister act, Ellen and Tom. And then they go in and they're like pursuing each other. And yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that was a done thing. I also thought it was funny that they were like, Tom and Ellen Bowen. It's like, but they both have last names. You could just both, like, Tom Bowen and Ellen Bowen. You could, like, use use the letters. Like, nobody, I'm just thinking about, like, when when my 
like sisters and I have done anything. Like it's not like it's you know like you know, like they put us together in a way that makes us sound like we're couples. <laughs> we're Oh separate yeah, that people. is weird. Yeah, I know that's been a problem. Like, um, Mike has traveled with his sister a fair amount, and it, it, he it's always difficult to explain. Like, no, we're siblings. Like, no, we need more than one bed. Like, because people just are like, oh, of course, everyone has to be a couple. But it, I just thought it was a little strange that they for sure went that route. Although, like, apparently, there's a lot of brother sister like professional dancing team like in ballroom dancing and stuff but it's well less there's like like a there's a show there's a movie i can't think of what it's called but there's a movie about ice skaters And the like the whole thing, it's like a whole shtick in the movie with um Amy Poehler and I forget who plays her brother. But they play a brother sister thing, but there's a bunch of like romantic like tension between them in their like oh per like performances. oh <laughs> so I guess this is just a weird part of being like a sibling act <laughs> it was just weird I actually thought that's one thing that would be resolved it would be resolved if he was with Anne instead at the end because then it would just be like husband and wife act Tom and Ann Bowen, then they just have to change a few letters. yeah totally So, did you think it was creepy when he took her picture out of the poster Yes. Yes. and then just sat there and stared at it? I thought Yes. that was really creepy. And then did a whole dance about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did. <laughs> That was very creepy. but I thought I, that you would appreciate, like, when you're talking about the dream ballets and stuff. Like, at least in this one, when Yeah. <laughs> it he's, advanced like, the plot a little bit. it, it advanced the plot and <laughs> it wasn't super long. no. This would be hell approved as opposed to like It is hell approved. There's so 20 much. minutes and then it, everything just ends. Yes, it, it was in fact hell approved. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want dances that advance the plot and are um, only yeah. four minutes long. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> well, I wanted to go back to something you said in the beginning, which was that it seemed to... like flow along more nicely because a lot of the like songs and dance were part of their act. Like they were rehearsing and stuff like that. And I agree that there were one or two singing numbers that were sort of outside of that context Mm -hmm. yes yeah that I felt were jarring. Like it was just like, wait, you're just randomly singing now. Like I didn't, th because the rest of the movie, it just felt like a regular movie in which, You know, it's kind of like a movie about showbiz where, of course, like singing and dancing happen because they're performing and they're rehearsing. So I agreed with you that it like it was just it it felt more realistic in some ways, even though it was silly. It was like, I don't feel weird that people are like bursting into song, like even his whole dance with the coat rack. Mm Well, I was like, he's waiting for his sister who didn't show up and he's goofing around. Like, -hmm. Right. this actually seems, not that a code rack would behave like that, but it seemed like something that could happen. Yeah, I read somewhere that like even her, like there are three songs that she th sings over the course of the movie and like they get progressively more romantic or like, rep um, like they 
they reflect her like her progression from like of the, her progression of her feelings and you know so that like in in that way those the three thong songs like reflect the change in her feelings or the development of her feelings which I like I didn't catch that myself but when I was reading it I appreciated that somebody else got it and could say that but yeah that's true I guess that does make a good point but I still thought it just see it felt odd mm-hmm mm-hmm in the context of the movie i mean if there had been more just general singing and dancing like of a typical musical like people just bursting into song in the street Mm -hmm. it also seemed odd at the when they were going to the parade and the agent was kind of like everyone singing like it's a great day for a wedding i know that whole thing i was like well and it isn't even like that was like felt like gratuitous singing and it isn't even keenan wind singing like it's one thing if it's like judy garland bursting into song like because it is judy garland or it's like singing but it's like another where you're like the song doesn't do anything and you had to get another person to dub this guy because he's not actually singing so why why are you doing that? yeah there was no point to it like they could have cut that and had like slightly more resolution at the end of the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> as to what was gonna happen <laughs> I've been living my own life, making my own decisions for a long while now. It's impossible to go back to being treated like a child again. Well, do you think it's time that we talk about the Bechdel test? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Does this movie pass the Bechdel test, Emily? I think not. I mean, do the women even talk to each other at any point? I don't think they do. I I don't think so, which is funny to think about, given that, like, if they were actually in a show together, wouldn't you think that they would be? Or if you, like, you'd be interested in talking to your brother's girl, wouldn't you? Yeah, getting to know them. Like, they don't even interact. Like, not even in an interaction that, like, doesn't pass the Bechdel test. They just don't interact. No, I mean, it's an interesting case in that the main characters are brother and sister. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. they're the main ones talking. It's not like a romantic relationship, but um, so they do talk about like their act and stuff. But mm-hmm. the women don't talk to each other, so it doesn't pass. And I don't think this movie could be considered feminist in any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. No, definitely not. You know, once we get into the fifties, everything goes downhill. <laughs> we all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. What about social justice? I've been thinking about this. I mean, I think, I don't know that it, like, really addresses anything related to social justice at all. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the whole thing was very, like, kind of frothy. Most of the characters seemed pretty, like, well-to-do. Yeah, and it sort of, like... (laughs) accepts on its premise like oh the king and queen or you know the the princess elizabeth is getting married that's so great and you know we're gonna you know we we love colonialism yeah that's true and you know there's no people of color in the movie and even in the like offensive song and dance about haiti like that's terrible Uh, well you mentioned the like the new yorker one too which is like terrible in another way i mean just there's there there are like this movie is not lacking in like stereotypes 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it's like playing to a certain audience, I guess. But yeah, it doesn't seem to really question anything <laughs> in any kind of real way. And I guess Anne's parents, like her dad seemed, I don't know, not like lower class, yeah, I but like about all of that. He had a pub. Yeah. And he seemed like he was Irish. So like maybe slightly different. But other than that, there wasn't much yeah. going on in terms of like class diversity. So I would say no, no social justice. Yeah, not, not nothing to write home about. No. Well, so what would you rate the movie? I think I would rate it a three because it was frothy, but it was fun. I mean, we've talked about this, like, it, you know, it was it, like the da- the dancing advanced the plot more than it usually does for me. You know, I and when we touched on all of the sort of like the technical, like unique technical elements. And so like, I would be interested in watching this movie again, just to sort of like, you know, technical things in action. Um, yeah the, the room dance and the hat rack dance and school. yeah I agree I would also give it a three we actually give something the same rating <laughs> I was surprised like considering some of the you know paternalistic attitudes of the movie and stuff I still really enjoyed it like it was a fun movie mm-hmm. and yeah. it felt like an escape it was mm-hmm. like really beautiful and colorful. It had like really cool dance numbers in it. Like I would definitely watch this again. Like uh-huh. this would be like an I'm having a bad day. I'm going to put on a, a movie to take me away. This mm-hmm. would be a good one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the fact that it's like a brother and sister duo, even though there's a lot of problems with that and his like paternalism is a little bit like overbearing. I, on the other hand, I like I appreciated that like the default wasn't like a romantic relationship between the main like man and woman. Mm-hmm. And it made it a little bit. Yeah, it was just a little bit more enjoyable, I think. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this that is not a relationship that we've seen explored a lot in movies like the movies that we've watched like a brother sister relationship we've seen sisters maybe we've seen brothers but this so it was i kind of as someone who is of like a brother sister family like i enjoy seeing that dynamic Mm -hmm. on screen so yeah i'm glad we watched it yeah i'm glad we watched it too um so what is our next movie our next movie is Made for Each Other. Going back to Jimmy Stewart and Carol Lombard. Yeah, can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> May it please the court, I submit that my entire line of defense is based on the proposition that persons of the female sex should be dealt with before the law as the equals of persons of the male sex. Follow The Screen Sirens on Twitter at The Screen Sirens. Leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud to help other people find us. And become a patron at patreon.com slash The Screen Sirens. Thanks for listening. After all, tomorrow is another day.